Hello. Welcome back again to the Break Them All podcast. I'm Tim Roberts, leadership coach and host for your podcast. Uh, right, we've reached the final one then, the last of my solo coaching episodes for series one. Uh, we will have a final episode after this to complete the series, which I will tell you about at the end of this episode. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who's listened, particularly anybody who's listened to every episode. I mean, wow, thank you. I owe you a drink big time. Thank you also to people who've shared some feedback, who've uh, shared some thoughts on it, given in some uh, reviews uh, on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcast. So yeah, I really, really appreciate you being back here. And yeah, on with the show, as they say. Now, the final uh, coaching episode from me for this series is, is all about your leadership conversation. So a little bit of bringing to life you know what what we've done throughout the series a little bit of just kind of fine-tuning it it's going to be a bit of a shorter one um because i want you to go and have conversations and a few kind of final messages in one sense for me really to bring to life so much that you've learned from uh series one and so much that you've taken away from it particularly going back to our guests and also hopefully from my solo coaching episodes as well and this episode's about just getting you to think about the conversations that you're having, hopefully making you more confident to have those conversations, challenging yourself to look at the conversations that you want to have, the conversations that you need to have, how you can work with your team to get the conversations right for you. Now, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about here is, as a leader, there has to be an acceptance of two things. First of all, all you're ever doing as a leader is having conversations. It's how you lead the team. It's how you build the team. It's how you get buy-in. It's how you create accountability. It's how you set direction. It's how you give feedback. It's how you get feedback. Everything you're doing comes from the conversations that you're having. And your impact comes from your conversations. Nobody ever talks about a leader going, oh, yeah, they had a great impact on me because they sent me some really good emails or they wrote really good reports. Of course they don't. They talk about how you impact on them in your conversations. And look, yes, traditional, the most powerful conversation you have are the face-to-face conversations where people can see your body language, they can see facial expressions. We also have to accept that conversations take place now on Teams calls a lot and, of course, on the good old dog and bone, the good old phone call. That is also a conversation. And I stress that because sometimes it's quite easy to create an excuse to go, oh, yeah, on the phone I don't listen, or on Teams calls I turn my camera off and I don't really do this, and I do this face-to-face, and I can't do that on a Teams call. Well, I'm calling bullshit on that. Every time you're talking to somebody, even if, if, even if it's through the medium of a walkie-talkie, it's a conversation and you have to think about how you get your impact across in that conversation. Now, what I want to first do is just talk to you about, as a leader, what do you need to do so that you live and breathe your conversations so that every day you're excited about them, you're thinking about the conversations that you're going to have. You know, It's not about this taking over your life, just that you become that leader that when people approach you, you you come across like you want to have that conversation with them. You're not hiding away in an office. You're not talking behind a closed camera on Teams calls. You actually show, I'm digging this conversation. I'm up for this. I'm part of this. I want to be here. Just thinking about the kind of things you have to say, the kind of behaviors you have to show, how you get your enthusiasm across to people for having that conversation. You know, just think about what it is you can do to show that enthusiasm. And look, the, the reason for that 
is it's very, very easy to avoid conversations as a leader. You have to self-motivate to want to have the conversations, particularly with your team, particularly with your close peers, yes, with your line manager. Just think about how enthusiastic are you about the conversations that you're having. And look, that'll lead you down many ways because if you're not that enthusiastic, well, maybe you're having the wrong conversations. Maybe your conversations have become a bit stale, a bit repetitive and, and looking at what you can do to change those conversations how can you build that enthusiasm to be having those conversations and to show that to other people because you have to be able to show that you live and breathe by them. that makes people approach you it makes people want to have a conversation with you it makes people believe that by having a conversation with you they will leave that conversation better off than when they started it that's such an important part of it is make helping people to believe that the conversation they have with you is going to help them you know how many times have you worked with people where you know they're so hard-faced or you know quite dismissive or defensive towards others and people just don't want to have a conversation with them yet those same leaders moan about other people and how they don't live up to expectation or other people don't live up to their high expectations and you know, it's just really telling that actually what that means is that you need to get better at your conversations. You need to make them more inclusive. You need to look at what you can do to make people feel like having a conversation with you will make them feel better as a result of it. Now, the other bit about this, and look, this is quite a simple episode really, but what I want you to think about is, and I think I've mentioned this on one of the previous episodes, we're going to talk about it in a bit more detail now. There's a, there's a brilliant... Uh, head of organisation development I, I, I've done a lot of work with over uh, with over the last six months I think it's fair to say and all, a lot of that work was around conversations helping their organisation to have better conversations helping their organisation to create that motivation for people to want to be part of the conversations particularly leaders and teams and something that this person said to me that's really stuck with me is they talked about sequencing your conversations. So as a leader in particular, having that awareness that the conversation you're having today will have an impact on the conversation that you have in two weeks' time. The conversation you had when the person first started and first joined your team will have an impact on the conversation you have with them six months later. Think about what you need to do to sequence those conversations. So as a leader... The reality is at some point you're going to have to give critical feedback. God forbid as a leader at some point you might have to let somebody go. You might have to have that conversation where you're dismissing somebody because they haven't lived up to expectations. So it's being able to proactively anticipate those conversations and then sequencing your conversations to make those conversations that follow each one more comfortable, more open, more honest. So if you're thinking at some point you might have to give somebody some difficult feedback, well, the sequencing of that and he's thinking about what are the conversations you need to have before that might happen to build trust and rapport, to be able to get to that stage where you can be really open and honest and tell them that it's not good enough, tell them that they need to do things differently. So look, what, what do you need to do to sequence your conversations? What is it you can do to demonstrate to other people you recognise that each conversation has a red thread, they're all joined up, the conversation you have today impacts on the conversation you have tomorrow. And to think about the types of conversations that you're having as a leader. There's many different types and think about what you're filling your diary with, which are the conversations that have the biggest impact for you, which conversations you need to have more of, to what, what conversations you need to be able to get better at. So th there's a lot of transactional conversations that you'll have as a leader. Think about how many of them you're having. If you're having 
a lot of them, you probably need to think about changing your conversations. You probably need to think about how you can change those conversations because that means you're only ever really talking about opinions or simple actions or tasks. That doesn't build trust and rapport. You need to have transactional conversations. Of course you do. People need to be able to come to you, ask you for a decision and you make a decision or ask you for some information and you give them some information. Yeah, if your diary's full of those transactional conversations, you're just going to become bored you're just going to become that person who's full of inertia probably a bit cynical so look at what are the right transactional conversations to have and then look at how you can build on that what are the conversations you can have to build trust what are the open and honest conversations that you can have and that might be having to be quite strategic about that so building trust might mean you you have a conversation at a team meeting where you, where you look at how you get people to open up and also maybe in one-to-ones, how you could ask people about what do you need for me to build trust. And the open and honest conversations, practicing that, maybe asking people for honest feedback, maybe you being an open and honest about what you feel vulnerable about, what's a challenge for you in your role. So you build up that practice. Leaders need to be having conversations that are open and honest and conversations that build trust. Think about the conversations that you can have that your team lead and control. And your part to play is to listen. Your part to play is to support them, to sponsor the conversation, to be part of it at the right time. Yet the conversations where your team lead. Your team meetings need to be part of that. Whether it's once a month and your team take over or particular agenda items, whatever it might be. Their one-to-ones are definitely the conversations that they need to lead and therefore control. And then think about what are the conversations that you need to lead and control. Of course, a lot of that will be around decision-making, about communicating business decisions, setting the strategy, giving direction. And yes, there'll be part of your team meetings that you need to lead and control. The more you just take a step back and think about that, the better your conversations become, the more confident you become because you show that you're going to let them lead and control. And at the right time, you will lead and control the conversations. Also think about the new conversations you need to have. What are the conversations that you're not yet having? You know, Maybe asking other people what are the conversations they have with their team. Think about books that you've read or podcasts that you've listened to where there's been suggestions around conversations that you could have, where there's been some ideas maybe that you've thought about where you think about, actually, yeah, I could have that conversation with my team. Just think about how you can create those new conversations. And look, that's not about just going off and having loads of conversations that you've never had before. Also think about the, the existing conversations, how you could make them different. So how you could turn that meeting into what feels like a new conversation by changing the dynamic, maybe asking a question, maybe making sure they do it face-to-face instead of teams or vice versa. Just thinking about what are the conversations that are missing for you right now. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of ideas to think about here and, and, and a good way of thinking about your conversations. Now, the two things I'm going to talk to you about are very practical, very simple to use. Um, Do I need to apologise? I don't know. I'm thinking about apologising because both of them are three-step approaches. So I don't want to get these confused. Now, they do work in tandem. They definitely work in harmony. And I just want to work through each step of these and ask you some coaching questions to think about how you could use these. Now, the first one is the communication cycle. It's a... portrayed as a cycle because our communication is on a constant cycle it's never ending this can be really really powerful for you particularly in prepping for your conversations in getting you to think about it getting you to challenge yourself are we getting what we said we needed to get from this conversation 
So this works on those three stages. The first one is prepare. Now, in particular, at the prepare stage, being clear on what the purpose of that conversation is. You know, you've got to ask yourself that and then asking, maybe asking other people, what's the purpose of the conversation? In particular, asking yourself, now this is really important with conversations that you lead and control, asking yourself, what do you want to achieve from this conversation? What is it that you want to get from this conversation? And then using that to then prep. Also thinking about, you know, what what do you know about the person or people you're going to have the conversation with? What do you understand about them? Uh, what, What method of communication might be best to help to achieve that purpose? So, you know, so that'll tell you, oh yeah, we could do this on the Teams call. Actually, I can just make a quick call. Or yeah, I might need to arrange to get people into a room so we can actually talk about this. So it just gets you thinking about it up front. So checking in at that prepare stage, what's the purpose of the conversation? What do you want to achieve? What is it that you already know about your recipient, i.e. the person you're going to have the conversation with, the recipient of your communication, therefore? And what's the best approach to take? What's the best method of communication to help that conversation to work well? Uh, The second step is communicate. So actually having the conversation Uh, and in there it's about being ready to adapt at how you approach that conversation. So being able to modify your behavior that can be particularly informed by thinking about what you know about the person you're having the conversation with. So you can think about how they like to communicate, how they like to talk, starting to think about what it is that you can do to adapt in that conversation. Uh, Always focusing on building rapport. So even if you have to disagree, even if you have to give some difficult feedback, thinking about how you can do that, that still builds rapport, thinking about the the language that you use, thinking about not using the word but, you know, one of the most annoying things in conversations is when people say things like, I totally see where you're coming from, yeah, I really agree with that, but, so choosing that you will not be that person that's full of buts, that you're going to actually have consistent conversation that's transparent that's authentic that builds that trust and looking at thinking about how good are you with your non-verbal communication in your conversations are you using the right eye contact the right body language and always thinking about what have you got to do to listen what are the key things that you need to listen to in the conversation the final part of this which is often the stage that people don't bother with they forget i've, I've had a conversation we move on this is the follow-up so this is about getting absolute clarity and checking understanding have you achieved your purpose so this conversation i wanted to get this from it the purpose of me having this conversation was x have you achieved that if not you need to go back and have the conversation again you know just checking in actually do you and the other person have complete clarity as a result of the conversation you've had you know thinking about the choices that you can make to make sure that you that conversation is done with you know what's been discussed you know what you're going to do to move on and trust and rapport has been achieved has been established has been enhanced so taking the time to just have that follow-up piece because look the, the key bit about this is if he gets that follow-up stage or when he gets that follow-up stage if you ask about have we achieved the purpose if the answer is no then do go back and have the conversation again because one of the things that happens a lot is people leave a conversation and think i didn't really get what i needed from that i'm still not sure about this and they don't call it out in the follow-up stage. They don't talk about it. They just go away thinking, well, that was a bit of a waste of time then, wasn't it? Or they go back again next week with another list of the things that they need to talk about and still don't get those things sorted. So from your communication cycle, it's about the prepare stage. Think about it up front. Then communicate the conversation itself and then always making sure that you have that element of follow-up in terms of what happens next. What is it that you've just achieved as a result of that conversation?
Now, the other three-step model I want to talk to you about is something of my own. It's the three C's, and this is something I talk to leaders about, particularly around conversations. And this helps to embrace certain parts of conversations. It helps to drive your desire to get more from your conversations, in particular to get more of an understanding about the person that you're having the conversation with and what it is that the conversation's actually about. So the first C, and I'm going to talk through this and just give you some tips to think about with this. The first C is curiosity. So actually making sure that you're curious about this conversation. So maybe asking yourself, what do I want to find out about this person? Uh, How do I want to feel after this conversation? How do I want them to feel after this conversation? So just driving your curiosity. I, I think there's a beautiful way of looking at this of thinking, that curiosity is going into a conversation with the mindset of, I've got no idea what's going to happen in this conversation. Now, they're the best conversations ever. They keep people engaged. There's a lot of spontaneity in it. You, you learn something new. There's nothing worse than thinking, I know exactly how this conversation's going to go. So being curious and actually change, shifting your mindset to, I don't know what's going to happen. This is what I can do. This is how I'll behave. This is how I'll communicate. This is going to allow us to create that conversation where we don't know what's going to happen. We're curious about it. Uh, reminding yourself from a, in this curiosity point of view being curious about yourself so asking how do I want to come across what are the questions that I'm going to ask what are we going to do to match their tone and pace what we're going to do to summarize and paraphrase you know, what we're going to do to make sure that I listen really intently to the person in this conversation so being curious about you maybe even asking what am I going to learn about myself from this conversation what am I going to do differently what we're going to do for the first time perhaps so being curious about you as well as the other person this can also help if you're feeling a bit nervous about the conversation. So put those nerves into curiosity. All right, yeah, great. What, what might happen as a result of this conversation? What's going to go really well? Right, what is it that I need to make sure I say and how I say it to help this conversation to go really well? So when those nerves kick in, actually turn it back to curiosity about the conversation itself. That's you taking control of your thoughts and feelings. It's you not allowing the nerves to just stay in place. Because, of course, we know if you go into a conversation nervous, it's harder to, to have the conversation that you want to have. Uh, the next step of the your three C's is confusion. Often where a lot of conversations end up. And that's all right. Embrace it. It's all right if because you've stopped listening for two minutes, if somebody else has stopped listening for two minutes, you're a little bit confused or because the other person's taking it off track or you sat there thinking, hang on, we said we were going to talk about this and now we're talking about something completely different. So it's embracing that curiosity, sorry, that confusion. And it's all right. When that confusion kicks in for you, it's just your brain reminding you that you're in a conversation it's just your, your subconscious mind going, remember that other people are here. You can't sit here thinking about what you're having for your tea or where you're going on your holidays or what the cricket score is. You're in a conversation. Don't get distracted. So use it as a nice trigger to get back in the zone, to get back in the room, to go back to that curiosity. So great way of doing that is to ask open questions. You know, something that happens for me in a workshop as a coach you're setting up for somebody to have a conversation or to complete an activity perhaps so of course i'm going to give instructions i'm going to give guidance i'm going to help to understand what we're doing why we're doing it and after i've done that i will then ask anybody got any questions before we get started and often somebody will go yeah yeah i don't understand i'm not sure i either at the confusing stage my response to that is always what questions have you got 
And the reason I do that is because when you're in the confusion stage, the best way to respond to it is to ask questions. You know, this it, it, uh, often we say that to other people, I'm confused, I don't know what you're talking about, because you're trying to blame that other person because your brain's going, you've stopped listening, you've already interpreted this in your own brain and you've told yourself that you don't get it, you don't agree, you'd want to be doing something different. So don't tell them that. Blame them that you don't understand. And they just put it back to the other person, I don't understand. So when people do that, they're just in the state of confusion. The best way to respond is, okay, no probs. What questions have you got? And make them bring themselves out of confusion. Because often when people do it, we then like feel bad or we feel guilty. that Oh, no, they don't understand what I've said. Well, the reality is you've said the same things to everyone else in the room. So it's probably that that person didn't listen. That's all right. Don't judge them for it. So when you're in, when you in that state of confusion, choose to ask open questions. Don't be the person that says, I don't understand. And when people say that to you, respond by asking them what questions have you got to help them come out of that confusion. Look, sometimes you can recognise that both you're at a state of confusion. That's where you might say, look, should we take a quick break? I think the energy's dropping. Go and get a brew or whatever it might be and just call it out. So uh, asking the other person how they'd like to come out of that state of confusion. The final step in your three Cs, and this is what you're aiming for, is clarity. Everybody wants clarity from a conversation. Nobody wants to walk away from a conversation still confused or still, you know, thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing now and I don't really know why I had that conversation. So always aiming, choose to always aim for clarity from every conversation. This is really important as a leader because when people don't get the clarity from you, they stop asking you questions, they stop listening to you, they start sending you more emails, they might get disruptive in your meetings, you know, they, they might become the child in the room and start misbehaving because they just think that they're not going to get clarity from you. And of course, worse, they even use it as an excuse. Oh, well, I didn't really understand that, so I didn't do it. And, it, and they put it back to you. So you have to choose to put focus on getting to clarity. Look, thinking about that, it goes back to the uh, communication cycle of preparing and understanding what you all want to get from the conversation, why you're having it. This is about how you close the conversation often. So it might be right, what do you need from me? What are we going to do as a result of this conversation? Maybe even using the word, actually asking, right, can we just check what clarity everyone's got from this conversation? How clear are we on what is going to happen next? And it's okay if people are not clear. It's better to have that in the conversation that you're having right now than have to have another conversation. You know, sometimes one of the great things to do, and, I, and I've seen leaders do this with me, and I'll be honest, I, I nicked it as a, as a, a nice uh, way of introducing conversations. So at one-to-ones, particularly at other people's one-to-ones, and also at team meetings that you're leading, tell them, right, I want to make sure that we, we leave with absolute clarity. I want to make sure that when we're talking through things, we all have the right level of understanding. We have the same level of understanding. Ask him, so what do we all need to do to make sure we leave here with clarity on what happens next? What do you need from me so that when I'm presenting or sharing business decisions, that there's clarity that comes with it and use that word. People want it, so use that word. So think about how you can challenge yourself to get to that state of clarity at the end in particular of each conversation. It's hard to be in it throughout. I mean, if you've got that complete clarity throughout the conversations, well done. They're brilliant leadership conversations to have. The reality is what you're really aiming for is that at the end of it, you understand what's been discussed and in particular, you know what's going to happen next. So try that out. Think about 
how you can make that work for you in terms of the clarity, how you can make that work for you in terms of that communication cycle, or maybe even introducing that to your teams as well and looking at that from your team meetings perspective. Okay, so going to ask some coaching questions to help your conversations in a moment. So before we do that, just want to summarize. So uh, think about sequencing your conversations, remembering that the conversation you have today has an impact on the conversation you have tomorrow. What do you need to do to make sure the sequencing of that conversation supports your communication, builds that conversations so that people want to have a conversation with you uh, as a leader accept that all you're ever doing is having conversations and your conversations contribute the most to the impact you have as a leader that's how you come across to people it's how you get by and it's how you encourage people to, to do what you're asking them to do ultimately and um, accept that embrace it be the one who's enthusiastic about your conversations just really think about what you need to do to show enthusiasm in your conversations it ain't about going in with a stupid smile on your face or you know pretending that you're really happy to be there it's just actually showing enthusiasm by being open by contributing by not being on your phone perhaps so thinking about what you need to do to show that enthusiasm uh, spend a bit of time thinking about the types of conversations that you have uh, what are the transactional conversations you need to stop having uh, what are the new conversations that you can have what are the conversations you have and perhaps need to have more of to build trust and rapport and those final two uh, effective approaches that you can take is the communication cycle of thinking about starting with prepare so what do you need to prepare what do you want to get from the conversation communicate the conversation itself how do you need to come across what do you need to do to get what you want from the conversation and then the final stage is follow up so what are the things you need to do to make sure that you've got that complete understanding and something that can help with that is those three c's and recognizing this often happens in your conversation so switch on your curiosity embrace the confusion and look at how to come out of it and always aim always work towards clarity as a result of the conversations that you have with your team in particular Right, that's it. Now, before I do my book recommendation and music recommendation, and of course ask you those uh, powerful coaching questions that I ask on every episode, uh, this is the penultimate episode. It's my final solo coaching episode, which means the next episode is the final episode of series one and yes there is a very very special guest so the final episode is going back to where we started going back to a guest interview and your very special guest is none other than yours truly so i won't ruin the surprise but one of my guests from earlier on in the series a great friend of mine absolutely brilliant leader uh, when we were doing their guest interview, they suggested that I should be interviewed on my podcast. And they suggested that many podcasters just don't do this. They don't step out of the, the, the hosting chair. They, they don't challenge themselves to share with their audience what their view is in terms of the questions and the interviews that they do with other people. So I've accepted that challenge. I've taken it on. Bring it on. So the final uh, episode for series one is my interview, me being interviewed around the questions that I've interviewed the guests already so i'll announce when that's coming out of course it will be out uh, a week from now uh coaching questions first then we'll finish on a bit of music eh? Uh, so coaching questions for today uh what conversations build your impact in terms of the ones that you're already having the ones that you could have more of what are the conversations you have as a leader that build your impact uh, how can you sequence your conversations what have you got to do to show to other people that you think about your conversations you demonstrate you know that they are being sequenced to help you to build the team the environment that you want to work in 
what conversations do your team need with you? Maybe you should go and ask your team that. Take a step back. Think about your teams. Think about what they do well. Think about what they struggle with, what they find hard, and what are the conversations they need with you to help them individually and collectively. And at final one, maybe this is something to go and get feedback. Um, what impact do you already have in your conversations? And how does that align with who you are and the leader that you want to be? Right. Uh, book recommendation for me then. Uh, book recommendation I'm going to make for this. Uh, it's not directly linked to conversations, but it's one that definitely helps with it. It's Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. So yeah, look, it's a book that changed my mindset. It's a book that opened my mind and it helps in conversations because it encourages you to remember you can always learn something new, to believe in people. And that's so important in your leadership conversation. So if you haven't read it yet, what have you been doing? Go and get a copy of Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. And music recommendation, uh, this is a particular artist, so you can go and choose to listen to them in whatever way you would like to. Uh, I'm going back to my love of blues. I love blues music, particularly early uh, Chicago blues music. Uh, so the artist to recommend on this episode is Muddy Waters, that one of the best exponents of American blues music, very much on that Chicago scene. Uh, Blues musicians of that era didn't really have big albums. Most of the albums you'd be able to get from Muddy Waters would be best of or uh, compilations, maybe some live recordings. There, there will definitely be a few playlists that you could already use on Spotify and Apple Music. But yeah, go and check out Muddy Waters. He's my man. He's the absolute, to me, the hero of blues music of that particular period. And what's fascinating is if you are interested in music, and in particular you like guitar music, by going back and listening to Muddy Waters and others, you'll see that the blues are in everything. Even Ed Sheeran is influenced by the blues. I can't believe I've even just said Ed Sheeran on one of my podcast episodes. That's the reach of blues music. Ed Sheeran is a massive blues fan. Talks about it on the podcast when he was a guest. So it, it just it uh, infiltrates every level of music, even to today, absolutely to today. It's one of the biggest influences in any music, yet people don't realise how powerful it is, how important it is. So go and check out Muddy Waters and get yourself in to some good blues music. Right, go and enjoy that. I'll see you back here on the pod for my interview, the last one of Series 1. Keep smiling, keep being you, and particularly for your leadership conversations, remember, it always starts with you. <laughs>